0: My name is Tor Masamuni, The Shredder, from the 2014 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, and you are listening to the Canned Air podcast.
1: Welcome to another episode of Can Dare, a tribute to comics and pop culture. I am Jeremy Colley. I'm Jake Runyon. And joining us today to talk about his comic, Polybius Dreams, Chapter 2, running on Kickstarter until November 11th, Ben Grisanti. Thanks so much for being with us, Ben. My pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. We've got a good show lined up for you today. I really I mean that do. this week. Yeah. yeah I, I, I never mean it this before. This time serious. <laughs> <laughs> no, we really, really turned it around for this one. I'm excited to get back to the normal format. <laughs> Last too. week was fun, but uh, I always miss the regular it's a, format. It's a, always more comfortable to sort of know what's coming next. I know. think so. I think so. So, in our retro roundtable, we're going to kick it off with talking about having been just or having just been Friday the 13th. Yeah. And uh, with Halloween upon us, slasher movies that's and icons. Yeah. I think we got the right people here to talk about this topic, right? I'm confident that's the case.
0: Ben, are you as confident? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I could probably do a whole <laughs> podcast series just about slasher movies,
2: to be yeah. honest. And it would take you a long time to run out of material because that it would.
0: Really cool. There's a
2: lot of them.
1: That wellspring <laughs> is deep. Deep-ass well, in it, Jake. <laughs> deep ass well in and Jake. Deep-ass well indeed. Then in the uh, comic vault, what do you got there, Jake? I've got God Country by
2: Kate Shaw, Wordy, and Hill. And I gotta tell you, I loved it. Did you? Absolutely. Can't it make looks pretty cool. It.
1: Yeah. So one of the books we'll be talking about there, and then we're going to turn our full attention over to Ben and talk uh, more about Polybius Dreams, Chapter 2. But before we do that, Jake. Ladies and gentlemen, I am here once more to remind you humbly... As
2: not just your entertainer, but your friend Follow us on Twitter at CandairPod And Instagram at Canned underscore Air Also be sure to have a look at us on YouTube where we've got fun videos And more on the way Uh, If you're attending a Wizard World convention In the near future, don't forget you can get a cool 10% off by using Promo code Candair at checkout Lowercase no space And uh, what am I missing? Merch, Society6.com forward slash
1: CannedAirPod Shirts, mugs, wall clocks, bath towels You name it very good, Jake. I do like Also, uh, Adult Swim, The Jellies, uh, premiering a new series October 22nd at 12.15 a.m. Set those DVRs, people. It looks like it's going to be a pretty funny show. Indeed. And uh, Squidbillies' season premiere was just this past uh, Sunday. Did you see it? That it was. Tasty goodness. Was it? Tasty cephalopod
2: goodness, (laughs) which is a phrase (laughs) I've never used before.
1: So if you missed it, folks, I'm sure it's on adultswim.com. Go there, check Mm -hmm. it out. And again, the jellies, October 22nd at 12.15 a.m. One more thing before we start. A few more things, actually. This episode is celebrating a a few milestones. One, Jake, this is your 100th episode with the show.
2: Oh, so it is. It's been 100
1: episodes. so. Not that you've been here for all of them, but still you've been a part of the family. Right. Awesome. And uh, just yesterday or Saturday or I don't remember exactly when, Saturday or Sunday marked Candair's four-year anniversary. Well, good lord. Four years. That's crazy to believe. But just wanted to pat myself on the ass there for a minute before we start. So let's. Started at the bottom. Now we're here. (laughs) Let's kick it off (laughs) with this week's retro round table. Show me what you got. What you have oh, got? Grab hate bad. Yeah. Boo, not cool. Disqualified. Alright, guys. Slasher movies. Where do we begin? Where do we begin? <laughs> I feel There's a like, number of
0: places you could possibly begin.
1: I feel like we should begin. Um Knocking out the evident ones, the ones that are going to come Mm -hmm. to everyone's mind immediately. Freddy Krueger, Jason Voorhees, and uh, Michael Myers, right? The Holy Trinity. Right. So uh, should we talk about them? Should we just exude them from the conversation? You know what? what?
2: I think they're going to take up the lion's share of the time. Mm -hmm. So I'd like to get one that I think is just as important but perhaps less talked about out of the
1: way. Less talked about in... In, uh, in the like social media verse or in on this show, discourse. yeah, like.
2: yeah, just over the course of nerd conversations across pinhead. the globe. Is it pinhead? My favorite. It's not pinhead. Okay. No, <laughs> Hellraiser is not a slasher movie. Okay, this will not be the fourth consecutive episode I mention Hellraiser. <laughs> oh,
1: I was hoping to bust your ball no, so bad.
2: No, no, sidestep that. I even thought about it. Too. I'm like, I wonder if Hellraiser. No. Okay. Uh, my favorite slasher is Leatherface. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. By like yeah. a wide margin. And it's mostly because Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 is such total off-the-wall nonsense yes! fun. I
0: just watched it. Like, oh, I just watched it recently, God, and it just it holds up. It's, it's never so seen good. It. It's beautiful. It's just yeah, like— it's wonderful for a lot of reasons. All of the kind of gritty, like, ooh, maybe yeah. this could
2: happen elements of the first one. They're just like, all right, let's crank that up to 11 yep. to the point where it's so far beyond believable. I mean, you're having, like, chainsaw duels
0: and walls full of rotting meat. And, oh, my God. It's just such yeah, a Yeah, Bill Mosley is Chop Top. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my. Man, just hey, outshine Leatherface, and everybody Leatherface. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's but uh, Bill Mosley's performance in that is, like, one of his first movies, I think and he really just steals the show completely
2: knocked it out of the park running around with the flamethrower on vietnam vietnam it's It's
0: it's not a subtle film with the burnt end of a
1: (laughs) coat hanger (laughs) where
0: his plate is exposed this is absurd it's great
1: isn't there a uh, movie coming out about his origins leatherface's origins or having come out i thought i heard something they always try every
0: couple years to do something more
1: yeah. Some of them are okay. Uh, I haven't been big on any of the uh, newer ones, but it, that movie—the
0: first one and the second one—are like canonically great.
1: Yeah, I need to see the, the second fun. one. Apparently, but oh, dude, make the, the first one—it's funny how m- much it still can get to you. It's a yeah, creepy yeah. ass film, and I think it's kind of yeah, effective. Yeah, for a
0: slasher movie, it holds a little bit back. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, it's not particularly gory. No, no. It gets a reputation for that because like I guess the meat hook scene is pretty right. pretty I, intense. I almost think that's you
2: know? the brilliant thing about it is that it it has this reputation for being so gruesome and gory when it's really not. It just
0: it's speaks all to yeah, yeah, it yeah. just
1: speaks to how much it gets in your head, you know. Sure. Mm, that's yeah. a good point. Never thought about that. It's, it's a you're... testament
0: to like uh, creative, low budget filmmaking. Absolutely. And god what it is. is
2: is there anything cooler than when someone makes something brilliant within a set of tight constraints?
0: Yeah, you no, know? it's, I mean, that's the best thing you could possibly hope for. No question. Hmm. I love me some
2: texas uh, tcm that's a terrible i'm
1: gonna have to watch that again acronym. it's been so long since i've seen it but I, it's a good movie just i mean the very opening with the camera flashbulb sound mm-hmm. you know that yeah. that in itself that is sticks just with you an iconic noise anytime you hear anything close to that you just you're shot back to those like, gory <laughs> photographs yeah you could feel it in your spine were those like real pictures of like a real event or something was it based on actual events? Some loosely, loosely, super loosely
2: based on something that went down. I used to know more well, like of the Ed details, Gein, right?
0: It's supposed to be because Ed Gein had the actual death. Yeah, scene,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Who what was is a, it now? A
0: serial killer in the fifties, um, but it's like it's nothing like Ed Gein. No, <laughs> <you know? laughs> it's just kind of inspired by that. But so is Hannibal Lecter, right? You know, supposedly. Man.
2: He's really, like, the foundation of all these great, like, cinema murderers we have these days. You can all kind of trace it back to one sick bastard.
0: Yeah, it's like, it's, that's like, in terms of the slasher movie, it's like, that's when we had our slasher as a, like, a figure. Because we certainly had killers, and we certainly had other slasher movies. Like, I think a lot of people talk about Black Christmas kind of being the first, you know? But, um... There, there. We with him. We've got our the beginning of Freddy, and the beginning of Jason, and the beginning of Michael Myers, and Chucky, and all those like wow. iconic slasher characters. Yeah, all the way up to Victor Crowley. So I hope we do have a chance to talk about Hatchet, the Hatchet movies.
2: You know, it's it's weird. It's, it's I feel like the slasher genre is kind of in its own in its own little world, wherein the villain is the not villain, but like the the one. Performing the murders is essentially the protagonist, right? Uh, I mean, yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah, that's very true. You set up all the
2: cattle yeah. in the beginning of the movie, and all you're you're just being taught to dislike them from day one. Mm-hmm. Oh, this one talks too much. This one's got a horrible laugh. She's the slutty one. That's He's true. The stoner, Does- you know.
1: Campers at Crystal Lake. Yeah, yeah. I was happy to see them go. They just set him up. Yeah, that's. Ex-
0: I mean, that's the perfect application of it are the Friday the 13th movies where Jason has some kind of, like, righteous justice <laughs> aspect to it.
2: He's him, basically you know? the hand of God.
0: <laughs> More or less, yeah. So you're kind of on the side of Jason. He's charismatic, right. for sure. Yeah. Even though he's silent and he's got the hockey mask on, there's something very appealing about that.
1: There's the, it's all body language. It's all in the yeah. menace, you know? yeah. Have you guys played the uh, Friday the Thirteenth video game that came out about a year or two ago?
2: Oh, oh, the the recent one. I was thinking of the NES NES game. Yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Well, this this newer one, you can either just play as the campers, or you can play as Jason Voorhees. Yeah, I remember, kind of like a party game. I'd seen a few videos and such. Right, interesting concept, but you're pretty much running just around a wooded camp area, and as Jason, you have the ability to like kind of vamp around because you know how he always gets in front of you when. Let you hide under beds and stuff, not that hiding under the beds is the pinnacle of the game. Just <laughs> one of the examples. like I remember, like uh, in the demo I played, I saw him coming after me, and I took off running into this cabin, and I got under the bed, and I sat there watching the front door. And I heard a, like a radio on like an AM channel in like the back room of this little cabin I was in, and as I'm watching the door, you hear it go out. <laughs> and then you just see his footsteps coming. Like, he came in the back without me ever knowing. Just, like, knife down through the oh, bed. Or, you know, it was it was so cool. I'd love to get that game and play again, but yeah. can't imagine it having, like, a long lifetime of gameplay, you know?
0: i, I remember I'd like to give it a shot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: I mean, it'd be one of those things you
2: have to try, but I, I'd read a couple of reviews that said, like, the experience system for playing multiplayer and unlocking stuff is so wonky that you start a game, and you always go like, I hope I'm Jason. I hope I'm Jason. And you are. And the other people, they're not trying to hide from you. They run at you to be killed because somehow that nets you more experience. And like
0: it was just what really? Yeah. Uh-oh. yeah see stuff like that just kind of ruins. The I whole know.
2: Thing. It's it's a bummer. Like they couldn't incentivize surviving well enough, or you yeah. just like hide in one remote spot for thirty minutes and. Ugh can't find you
1: yeah, yeah. so yeah I, I didn't know if there was a way for the camper to win or not i never found that you, you, I, there's an
2: escape element i think you have to gather supplies to like fuel up a car or reactivate a generator or something like that and, mm-hmm. depending on the scenario i'll have to find that that sounds yeah, fun now it, it, it'd make for a fun uh, little group adventure i think oh
1: yeah videotape and put on youtube yeah Video tape. We're not using videotape. we recorded anymore. on our VCR to get the <laughs> camcorder out. You had mentioned uh, Chucky there, Ben. Oh, yeah. He's one of my favorites. I'm looking at him right now. Yeah, I've got a Chucky doll here standing in the room behind me. Um, I happened to see the newest one. Oh. It was fun. Yeah. I liked it. Yeah, it cool. was a lot of fun. It's just setting
0: up another movie, but it was okay. <laughs> I enjoyed it. The I like the one before that, Curse of Chucky.
1: That was pretty good. That one I really enjoyed, yeah. That yeah. was a good recovery from Seed of Chucky. That was... Oh, oh so <laughs> probably, probably. I think I saw Seed of favorite. Chucky, but I think I was very drunk when I saw it, so I don't really remember it too well. That was oh. the correct way to see it. Yeah, yeah I can imagine. <laughs> it makes Batman and Robin look like Citizen fucking Kane. That's a fact. Wow. Like That's it's a bold statement. It's horrible, dude. It is so horrible, but... You know, I I always forget the actress's name though Jennifer quite, Tilly.
2: Thank you. She was the redeeming album. I I don't know what it is. I always like Jennifer Tilly, oh, even me when too. she's in uh, an atrocious, unwatchable piece of shit. How could you hate her? I know she's something about her is she's abrasive in the right way. I don't know how else to describe it.
1: Yeah, and those movies, you know, they get more uh, ridiculous as it oh. goes. But I don't say ridiculous in a bad way. Like, I love them. Sure. I love mm-hmm. them. You know, they're so much fun. And um, if it wasn't somewhat silly, I don't think I would enjoy it quite as much. Well, yeah. I you mean, know what you I mean? You can't
2: take the premise super seriously right. at this point, you know.
1: At, At this was, point, yeah, there was a the point where you could and absolutely. It, it was the first done movie, so well.
2: It was a scary idea. You're like, oh shit! The that doll's first movie alive. was good.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah but it, it still was a is. different
2: kind of movie. Yeah,
0: it's not. Yeah, but it really feels like as any of these properties they go on, they tend to up the humor a little bit because sure. now the audience is kind of inside on the joke.
2: Yeah, and that you know? seems like the
0: natural progression,
2: though.
1: Seems to be what happens
0: with like each of them. Yeah.
1: Well, that and they made, um, you know, Chucky was. You didn't really see much of him. Except for like footsteps from under a bed, little feet pattering or a hand grabbing a knife. You didn't see him. They left that element of surprise and mystery. Uh, Throughout the movie until the big reveal at the end when, you know, you get the full-on he's alive attacking you. That just started to downplay understandably through the movies because you can't recreate that over and over through sequels. I mean, once you see him, you've seen him. It's kind of like that alien aliens effect. Right. All right, we've
2: seen the monster. Now let's get 200 of them and have a bunch of wisecracking Marines.
1: But it was *Bright and Chucky where the whole perspective... Changed, You know, well, you you weren't watching a movie from a victim's perspective. You're now watching from the victim yeah. and from the comedic, you know, uh, killer side of the it. wacky misadventures. Right. Which just took it down a whole different path. But um as much as I like those movies and I uh, hope they keep coming out, what I th- wish would happen, which is something I had heard rumors of years back, but never came to fruition, was an actual reboot. Mm -hmm. And when I say, Oh, I feel like it should be set in a later time period.
0: I feel like it's unnecessary. A reboot. Yeah. I feel like Chucky with the child's play movies, like they've managed to, I think it's the strength of it that they've managed to not get a reboot made that it's all like within the same continuity. And that now it seems like what they're doing after this, like most recent one is they're really world building with it. So they're, they're really trying to expand the story and expand the mythology that goes around it.
1: And again, I, I'm not saying anything, you know, like they just need to start over because like I said, I love mm-hmm. what they're doing now. It's so much fun. It's it's a part of me. I love Chucky, sure. mm-hmm. but it would also be cool to see a more modernized something that does take itself seriously. Maybe it doesn't even have to be called Chucky, you know, maybe set in the early sure. 1900s. Um I don't know. I think that would be kind of cool. Until then, we get the, uh, what, the Chucky Cinematic Universe?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <It's
1: gonna laughs> it join. seems to be where it's going. <laughs> CCU. <I> <laughs> 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 oh, what else we got, guys? Oh, you know,
2: kind of on that note, talking about, like, world building with the cinema One of my favorite—I I don't know if, if slasher is quite the right word for these. I think I'm close, but they lean so much toward that, like— Really gnarly exploitation style. Thinking like House of a Thousand Corpses, Devil's mm-hmm. Rejects, that duality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I want to
0: say those well, two. Rob Zombie did do the Halloween reboot. That's ish.
2: true. So there's that. I think well. it's
0: actually okay. Uh, yeah, and it's not. If it's not the. It's certainly not the original. Well,
1: yeah. And that's kind of the same kind of reboot I'd like Child's Play to get, where it's not trying to overshine the original. It has respect for the original, sure. but it can coexist, and it has things that are good about it. In the case of Michael, Mott, this new—excuse uh, me, this new Halloween that Rob Zombie did, what last four or five years? The whole thing with him being a kid mm-hmm. was incredible. They didn't I really implement a whole lot of that into the original. No, no, you get that yeah, I early it was sequence. Good. And There's just, one
0: thing in the Rob Zombie movie that like really kind of changed the way I looked at the original movie, and that is Dr. Loomis. Like mm. uh, After watching that, I sort of realized that Dr. Loomis isn't a good guy. Like Even in the old movies, it's like you've got this guy's psychiatrist is talking about how he's pure evil, pure evil. What a horrible attitude for someone who's supposed to be helping the kid, right? That is but, bad psychiatry. <laughs> yeah, very bad psychiatry. So what was going on all these years that he was institutionalized? And I feel like Rob Zombie kind of like at least as flawed as those movies are, he did sort of pick up on that. Like uh sure. Loomis had every opportunity to rehabilitate Mike Myers, and he never did. So the Loomis even that we see in the original one really sucks at his job. Like he did a bad job. Yeah. You know,
2: he's not trying to help this kid. He's really just no. exploiting him.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like I feel like you can go back and look at the original one. Like he's sort of cast as like the Van Helsing to Michael Myers Dracula or whatever. Right. But if you think about it, he's you know, he's no better than Michael Myers is in some respects.
1: Yeah. Have they ever or is it just a question that you don't dare ask? Why can he survive everything? Like is there any kind of a supernatural element that eventually comes into Mike Myers? Is he just So much of a fucking ox that he can just take all of this and just keep coming back. I mean,
0: I don't know. I think they tried to in some of, like, the four or five, like, some of the later sequels that aren't very good. I think they started to talk about it, like, a little bit.
2: Yeah, it's Uh, he's not like Jason where it's, like, overtly supernatural.
0: Right. Yeah. But Jason's overtly supernatural following six, like, when he gets resurrected. (laughs) Right. Because before that— He's um, just an asshole he's just an asshole yeah but he's like and the first four movies were kind of supposed to be the end of it but it was so popular that they ended up making the fifth which is an imposter Jason and then six comes along and it's the most polished most comedically uh, comedically aware one yet and that's where he actually does come back from the dead so from six on it's like zombie Jason
1: which what was the title of that one Jason lives Jason lives. So Jason goes to hell, which what happened in that one? I haven't seen them all.
0: Uh, Jason goes to hell was the first Friday movie I ever saw on the big screen. I was just, I had to be 13. (laughs) Like I was finally like, (laughs) I was into it at that point. You know, I was pretty much allowed to watch anything like in my household. And I watched a lot of these movies with like with my mom, so I was already into Jason. I got, I bought the comic book. I bought the Jason Goes to Hell like Starlog special edition. Oh wow! And then, yeah, I was super into it. And then I went to go see the movie, and it was like Jason's hardly in it at all. It's like they take it in another direction, yeah, which trying. is cool. It's not Friday the Thirteenth, but it's still pretty cool.
1: What happens in that one? I don't even remember. All I remember is like
2: that. <laughs> like gnarly intro sequence where uh, the music is way too intense and goes on for way too long. And the coroner who's examining Jason's like blasted apart remains goes into some weird trance and eats his heart.
0: Yeah. And then Jason's heart keeps jumping from person to person. And you find out that that's like the supernatural thing that's been keeping Jason going all the time. So last movie in the series, I guess that's a good point to start world building, right? And um, so they've got the heart like jumping from person to person and each person that gets it it kind of becomes the slasher for that period. And then finally he gets you see the recognizable Jason that, you know, in the end of it. So he's in it for like 20 minutes of the movie. So it's it's very bizarre. But it has um, it's a new line cinema. I think recently just acquired that movie or just acquired the franchise from Paramount. So there's a reference to Evil Dead in it. So the Necronomicon makes an appearance. Oh, oh, oh. uh, Freddy's glove shows up at the end. And I think there's something else, too, but I can't quite remember what it is. But it's very It's nothing like the other ones. Wasn't there... I,
2: I swear at some point there was word of, like, you know, there was Freddy versus Jason. Oh. Which I'm still... I, I'm on the fence about it. On the one hand, it's a dumpster fire. On the other one, yes. it's kind of fun. You know, like when the situation is right. But there was some. There was word of like a Freddy versus Jason, followed by Freddy versus Jason versus Ash. And Which if they, they had, did in
0: the comics. There's some comics of
2: that. I didn't realize that. I thought that was an idea that just never gained traction.
1: That was that an IDW title? I think it might have been. I think they do a lot of those crossovers. I don't think it was IDW.
0: No, Dynamite did a lot of the Army of Darkness books. I don't know. I have some of them. I don't I can't remember. <laughs> hmm.
1: Well there you go, Jake. You have to pick it up? Well alright. That's gonna be my next comic vault. Freddy item. versus Jason yeah. though. Oh versus. my god. That was uh, I mean what can be said? I mean The
0: Jason parts were cool and the Freddy parts were cool, but then when they were Freddy together
1: versus Jason parts were not as cool. <laughs> not as I good. I didn't <laughs> even mind them like fighting each other. I mean it was no more corny than what was happening in a Freddy movie. I mean, right? I always exclude the first one because that one—the original first uh, Nightmare on Elm Street—is still a really good film. That's really terrifying. holds that, yeah. That yeah. horror element. Like it's legitimately scary. Yeah. And they just immediately, like, they didn't like fade to horrible. They just got horrible. Dude, the like, second one, they
0: fell right off a fucking cliff and into weird territory. That... Yeah. Kid, The second th- one doesn't make sense with the others. Like, no. the first real sequel is the third one. And the third one's very good. Um, but then we start getting Jason the Clown, or Freddy the Clown kind of yeah. wisecracking uh, kind of character, where he's always a lot more sinister, like, in the first one. Like, that first Nightmare on Elm Street movie, I must have rented that, like, 50 times, <laughs> like, back in the day, like, when I was a kid.
1: So um, good. Till, like, yeah. the tape deteriorates... I've done that myself. Hey. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, what was the third? Uh, was it just Nightmare on Elm Street 3 or did it have like a subtitle was that like, the Dream Warriors? Dream Warriors. Okay. Absolutely. It's oh. got a sweet
0: talking song that goes yeah. along. With it. Yeah.
1: Dream Warriors.
2: That one was That's cool. <laughs> I was always really into that concept. The idea of yeah. like weaponized lucid dreaming. You know? Yeah. yeah. Like, if you yeah. trained
1: enough. Wasn't there one where they were in a video game, too? 2006,
0: mm-hmm. which is way good six is like i think very underrated it's like at one pl- at, on one hand it's like the silliest that freddie ever was but on the other hand it's some of the more complex stuff there's good character work among the people that are fighting him, which is very interesting it's got a good cast it's directed very well but a lot of people don't like six i think it's one of the better ones um no. I not really like it when I was younger I feel like 1, 3, and 6 are the best Nightmare on Elm Street movies
1: you just gotta you just gotta watch every third movie yeah pretty much I really enjoyed though it seems corny now the concept of Wes Craven's new Nightmare right yeah um and at the time I remember liking it But that movie Did not age <laughs> well At all Like it's too bad Did you guys ever see The remake The Friday th- Or excuse me Nightmare on Elm Street remake
0: Yeah it I did, saw Nightmare on Elm Street And the Friday th- remake. Was it Jackie Earl Haley I think so yeah. it was, People uh, hate uh, it I thought it was okay I thought it was good thought, It gave more, like, more um, Backstory for the, Yeah for the For the previous ones Freddy was always meant To be like A child molester Mm-hmm. But for the previous ones, they kind of downplayed that big a bit.
1: time. Yeah, they leave yeah, big like mystery.
0: it's still there, but they didn't like they didn't focus on it so much. So I feel like a lot of the problems that people have with the Nightmare on Elm Street remake is that like they made him like very disgusting, which is kind of how it was always supposed to be, you know?
1: Right. Right. Also, there's
0: not the effects aren't good. Like there are those like second-generation, like, CGI effects that just look terrible, whereas all the practical effects in the first one still look amazing.
1: Absolutely. And that's the beauty of practical effects. And you think that people don't, like, realize that now. I don't know. Not that CGI, again, isn't useful and It's got its place. Yeah. I would rather
2: look at it. Let me rephrase that before it comes out super weird. I'd rather watch a horror movie monster that is just a guy in a rubber suit than a dude in a green screen suit having a bunch of zaniness overlaid, you know, mm-hmm. on top. I don't yeah. care if the mouth doesn't move or he can't close his jaw or the teeth are too big. I don't give a shit. My suspension of disbelief is like so much more prevalent when I'm looking at practical effects compared to
1: CG. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, the turtles come to mind. The new, new oh, Age yeah. Ninja Turtles. You know, I mean, those movies are fun, but you never stop realizing you're looking at CGI. You never like. The movie magic never really kicks in. You're always very aware, you know. I don't know. It's just not the same. How to say what I'm saying. It doesn't draw you
0: in. Or just not special anymore, you know?
1: Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I guess we can. Uh, well, before we do, you said there was a movie you wanted to touch on. Uh, Hatchet, was oh, it? Oh, Hatchet. Yeah. If you guys haven't seen the Hatchet movies, I am not either. familiar with Hatchet. Out. I haven't either, no. But. Uh,
0: They're. um... Uh, the, the slasher in that is Victor Crowley. It's got a lot of slasher icons. They're very self-aware. They're kind of like the screen movies where they're like self-aware of the slasher tropes. But rather than kind of satirize it, they just kind of like run at them, like at full speed. <laughs> um, and they're actually, they're funny. They hit on all the slasher movie tropes and actually do something interesting with it. I think it adds a lot to the genre as a whole. Um, there's a new, there's a fourth one that just came out that's in like limited release, I think, right now. But the first three slasher movies make for an excellent night's feeling. if you're into marathoning movies, which I am. Oh
1: yeah. So. <laughs> I've definitely heard of them. I'll have to look into them because they sound fun. Yeah. They sound really good. Put that on the short list. I'm always looking for something new and fun to watch around Halloween
2: like that. So I, I need this like aside to go with something a little. I've been doing this thing where I want to like deepen my understanding of horror. Each Halloween, but all it's become is like me watching darker and darker shit. <laughs> I want to have fun this time. No more what? God, Nazi exploitation and
0: it just—it's getting. Too you can grim. watch like exploitation movies. Yeah. Like, they're not
2: all great. It's um, it's starting to. Wear like a lot, yeah. I've
0: been watching a lot of Italian movies. I've been going oh, out, back and look, looking at like Dario Argento movies. I watched yeah, Bono yeah. the other night. God, it's.
2: I've got such a love-hate relationship with Italian horror because the effects yeah. <laughs> and the scenes and the dreamlike quality are always so fucking stunning. Mm-hmm. But Christ, you could watch them on Rewind or Fast Forward and still be bored. The pacing is a nightmare.
0: There, there's something else, yeah. I mean, there's there's gems, though. There's some good ones. Some of them, the ones that are good are, like, very interesting and unique. And the ones that are bad are just, like, so bad that you know it's hard to even laugh
1: at them but <laughs> um there is there is a, there's a lot of good stuff there for sure indeed uh one quick thing before we wrap up the segment here a lot of people uh i've at work today were arguing over whether pennywise would be grouped into a slasher category and i i wouldn't have to no think way. so yeah. myself but um yeah i just wanted to t- i mean that other category that no. Pinhead is in
0: Played, yeah, yeah. There you, know, you go. Like a it's a cosmic horror kind of right, right. Fantasy the, horror ca- character. It's a, it's different than a slasher. The, yeah,
1: uh, the Eldritch slasher. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, am in love with this new Pennywise though. He's really cool. I thought he was pretty creepy. I was
2: I was really into it when I saw it. I'm, I'm I was down. too. I said that past tense, like my opinions changed. I still really like it. <laughs> the really upbeat yeah, montage
1: good. of mopping up blood was a little odd, but yeah. other than that, it was really good, and yeah. I cannot yeah, wait. it's not perfect.
0: but I, yeah, I mean i I really enjoyed it. I liked watching it with an audience and jumping at all the same time. Right. I'm so. just God, I'm just stoked
2: that a movie like that has enough mainstream appeal these days because to me, it's just like what a victory. For horror, we can start seeing big budget horror rolling in, you know, Mm -hmm. with big Mm -hmm. names, good directors, Mm -hmm. stuff like that. There's a place for it, you know. No more straight to Redbox, yeah, exactly. Jack Frost, too, Santa's sleigh, you know, it's
0: (laughs) (laughs) gonna be a Goldberg in that one, (laughs) yeah, probably.
1: Yeah, I think so. Well, You know what else there's a place for, Jake? What's that? A t-shirt, t-shirt on everyone's <laughs> chest. <laughs> I'm like, don't interrupt him, don't interrupt him. Interrupt him. <laughs> I was hoping you might, but here we are. The place for t-shirts is on your back. The place to get them is society I fucked 6. it up. I had it all worded out, and then when it came time, I was like, Oh, I'm sorry. No, not. I didn't say you did it. I just, I. when I get excited, I fuck things up. Do I apologize too much? I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. well, society6.com forward slash Candare pod In array of t-shirts, so tank tops And we're heading into the winter seasons We even have hoodies on there, people Yeah, Let Candare keep you warm this cold season It was cold today, right? That it was Put an extra sixteenth of an inch of cloth Between
2: yourself and Freddy's machete Freddie's m- Jason's machete Fuck, that would have <laughs> been funny too <laughs> The Freddy machete <laughs> Oh, man.
0: Oh, God. This is overkill. Yeah.
1: Like, and the
2: At this point, Jason's just going to have a gun or something.
1: Right, right. (laughs) One clean shot right in the head. (laughs) He's getting old. He just needs to get (laughs) it done fast. He's got like a walker. He's like, hold still. (laughs) Hold still, damn it. But yes, uh, once again people, Candare t shirts, society forward slash CandarePod. Very lackluster commercial, but that's all I got. What a week, shit show. Right? <laughs> so let's swing open the door to the comic vault. Jake, would you like to go first this way? Oh week? if you don't mind. I don't. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I
2: work at a library, which is awesome because when people return books, I can snatch them up before they can make their way to the shelf, which I've been hey. doing way too much lately. Uh, this is one such item. It's a, let's see, by image. Yeah, it's called God Country, written by do, 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 Donnie Cates, art by Jeff Shaw, colored by Jason Wordy. That's irrelevant, essentially. Cates and Shaw. Um, what we've got here is southern, super rural Texas, which is close to my heart because I lived in Texas for a while, and it's amazing how quickly you consider yourself a Texan. And you've got this guy who's obviously at wit's end. His father uh, is in the late stages of Alzheimer's he's on daily rampages he's becoming more and more difficult to control but he refuses to put him in a home to the point where he moved himself his wife and their young daughter from austin to this middle of nowhere town to care for his dad full-time who continues to escape and terrorize you know the small town to the point where the sheriff and his deputies had to draw their weapons on him Mm -hmm. because he had been becoming so violent and the sheriff gives him an ultimatum he says look man i understand he's your father and you love him, he built this house with his bare hands, whatever, this is a problem, you need to fix it, there are places for people like him. And he says vehemently, I'm not putting my dad in a home. This pisses off the wife who says, yeah, and well I'm not living like this, takes the daughter, they're making their way to the car, on the way back. Now while this is happening, every panel or so you see that this twister's forming in the outskirts of town, this weird, brightly colored, kind of prismatic tornado. It's making its way through completely uprooting structures, obliterating them, and furthermore, like, incinerating the remains. Like, this is unusual, (laughs) you know? This is an extra-dimensional phenomenon. It makes its way to the house of the old man and his son and his family, just as the old man is running out to chase him. The house is destroyed, and the tornado deposits this, like, eight-foot shadow monstrosity. It's just all claws and teeth and tendrils, and it lurches Mm. forward to kill the daughter. This all happens in very short sequence. And at the precise moment he's about to sink his teeth into her, the grandfather, the demented old man, fires up out of the wreckage, holding a gigantic, iridescent 12-foot sword, cleanly cleaves the monster in half. At this point you're thinking, hey, what the fuck is happening? Right. (laughs) It turns out this interdimensional storm was uh, the result of some god of war, dropping his prized weapon, and it tearing through reality, (laughs) and landing here on Earth, only to be picked up by this Texan farmer, uses it to defend his daughter from one of these strange like, planar parasite monstrosities that followed in its wake, and when he's holding the sword, his condition is reversed. He knows who he is, who his family is, he suddenly remembers like, ten years of his life that have been completely lost to him, and he realizes everything... everything's different now right first off he has this incredible range of powers the sword has given him this sentient sword that speaks to him called valifax because of course it is (laughs) and um (laughs) and it's it's this weird kind of touching story of like you know you're, you're watching this family member fade away and suddenly you've got him back but here's the catch the god wants his sword back and that's sort of the end of the first sequence. It gets a little more uh, high stakes from there. But this this deity makes himself known. And it's just such an interesting concept. And I've said this a million times, but I love when you take... A, a, when you wrap a real-world problem in something fantastic. Mm-hmm. You know, like, do we need a 12-foot sword and black shadow demons and an ancient god of war to discuss senility and the pain it causes? Fucking no, obviously not. But when we do... So much easier to digest, right? And it's so well done. It doesn't, it doesn't end well, obviously. How can a story like this wrap it up in a nice little bow?
1: It's a very unique uh, concept. It yeah. is,
2: and I, I, highly recommend it. God Country mm-hmm. sounds
1: awesome. Yeah, I wouldn't call it fun, but I definitely <laughs> call it interesting. Super well written. Very good. God Country. All right, Ben. Would you like to go next? Sure. Yeah.
0: I'm going to talk about the horror comic that was just released called *Sync*, which is written by John Lees uh, with art by Alex Cormack, published by Comics Tribe. It's, uh, it takes place in Glasgow, Scotland, and it follows, like, issue one, sort of a story on its own. Like, it works so well. Like, if this were the only—I know there's going to be a bunch more, but, like, if this were just, like, a one-shot, it would work perfectly well just fine, like, on its own. Which was exciting to me, like when I read it, because I think that's a sign that it's that it's well written, that it's got, um, you know, uh, a good narrative arc, like right off the bat. But uh, basically, this guy is—he's out drinking with his friends at the pub, and he's like, "I better go home. I need to catch the last bus back to my part of town." So on his way to the bus stop, uh, he just misses the bus. Like the bus pulls away, and he's just banging on the door trying to get on and the guy says we're all we're filled up we're filled up there's no room in here um and so he turns and as the bus passes behind him you see it's like just like filled with mutilated corpses so he just completely misses it (laughs) so he's walking he's got to walk home it's a few miles and he walks through this part of town which is like infamously bad i believe that's the sink i think that's where it gets the titles from it could be mistaken on that crazy guy in the street yells at him he eventually gets accosted by this group of people that are referred to later as dickheads. And they wear these like little hats, like the tips of condoms, who are <laughs> trying to kill him and film it. Like they're trying to—they're trying to basically make a snuff video uh, out of him, just assaulting him. And he gets saved by a guy in wearing a, a fox mask who kills people with a shovel, and it's super brutal. Like it's super gory, um, and it's just without going into too much more detail as the rest of it goes, um, it also follows this blue van that's filled with clowns that is an actual urban legend from Scotland. Like back in the day, there was a news item at one point and a lot of the school kids used to talk about this uh, van of clowns that would go around uh, kidnapping people and making them disappear forever. So the writer put that in the story and it kind of plays an important role towards the end of it. Um, But why, the reason this is so effective is that it just keeps going from bad to worse to even worse to awful, just in the span of like 20-something pages. Um, so I really wanna give too much away. It's just, uh, it was a very interesting read, very compelling read. I'm excited to see what they go, where they go with it because it doesn't seem like there's a clearly defined uh, protagonist at this point. It's more like just uh, like a series of like really disturbing vignettes that kind of show this like dark underbelly to a city that we know has, like, that it's set up, like, we know there's a, a violent element to Glasgow in this particular neighborhood, and they're definitely, they're playing that up to, like, really just horrific horror movie proportions. So it's a very good horror book. Um, I'm very excited about, about it to, and to
1: see where it goes. It seems like uh, picking slashers for Retro Roundtable was a very good choice with this week's guest. Yeah, I am reading that. <laughs> Clearing my schedule. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like you got Jake's interest. Peak oh boy, too. I'm down. That I sounds recommend. really good. Yeah. What was the title? One more time. Sync. Sync. All right. Uh, that's S I N.
2: Okay, not S Y N C or anything. No.
1: All right. Very good. Well, my offering this week, a little more lighthearted than what you guys have. Um, I was digging through my my long box of uh, just dump bin stuff I bought from uh, Pack Rats when they had that sale last year. And I found another What If comic book. Ah. Now, this is a little bit different. Typically, the What If comics take themselves a little bit seriously. This one does not. This one is all just, like, straight-up yuck-yuck kind of humor. <laughs> so I found the most serious one I could. Let me show like, for example, there's, like, What If Wolverine hibernated. And it's just a single-page little quick comic that ends with uh, him hanging out of a doghouse. You know, that Perfect. kind of, like, <laughs> or What If Galactus Fought Ant-Man? And it just shows him, like, squishing while he yawns, you know? Great. Great. Just funny little things. What if the Punisher was the whole monitor? So That'd be um, bad. You'd read about it on the news. <laughs> yeah, you are. The one I decided to pick from this book here, though, is um, what if Thanos changed Galactus into a human being? Oh. And apparently in the uh, Infinity Wars, uh, Galactus played a big part in defeating Thanos. So what if, instead of defeating him, Thanos sent him to earth, you know, uh, what's the word, uh, marooned Exiled him, yeah, marooned him on earth as a human being. So he does that. This is taking place in what, I guess would be the, uh, our time, which when this comic was put out would have been the early nineties, I believe. I mean, Game Genie's on the back of it for Christ's oh, sakes, it's gotta be a long <laughs> time ago. But, um, you see this person fall from the sky and land and the... Yeah, Happy Trailer Park. Part of the title's Happy Camper Trailer Park. Well, I'm sure they are. Yeah, and, <laughs> right. So he stands up. He kind of blow, you know, brushes himself off, buck naked, standing there, this guy. And he's like, who am I? He doesn't have any idea who he is. So he just happens to walk into the nearest trailer that's there. And there's a woman in there sitting there listening To Elvis on the radio, and as it happens, the form that Thanos sent Galactus back as was Elvis, a young Elvis. (laughs) So, she's of a big fan of Elvis, mind you, in the 90s, and a young, naked Elvis walks in her front door. I mean, who wouldn't uh, uh, think they were going I wonder if she touches touch his penis. <laughs> they, they left that panel out, oh, but okay. I bet you it It's happened. implied, I suspect. I mean, if he's got amnesia, why you know, Why not, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I know, a surefire, cure. So, um... You cut that out in post, because I regret it so much. <laughs> oh, it's staying. God damn. <laughs> So she sits him down. She's like, don't you know who you are? You're Elvis Presley. You wrote this song and that song. She started playing all his movies and music for him and being such a fan. And by the end of it, has him convinced that he is Elvis Presley. He's dancing around, singing hound dog on the guitar. You know, all these moves are inherent. He's doing it. He's Elvis. Well, um, they go out in the public. She takes him out to eat. And one thing that keeps coming up is that he can't uh, quench his... His hunger He can't Appease his hunger He's always hungry You know Galactus Eater of worlds right. So He's just constantly Shoving hamburgers And chips And shit <laughs> into his face And uh, Just like the real Elvis Well that's what I thought I said oh they're gonna <laughs> make it So where he gets to be Fat Elvis yeah. Later in the career They never did go that oh. route But Oh maybe he's like Jughead He'd be like Yeah <laughs> <laughs> Right The metabolism or wimpy that could
2: or run wimpy. a city block yeah. For <laughs> years
1: <laughs> But Um As they're out in public, people start seeing him and start going, whoa, whoa, Elvis Presley, younger than when he died, so the king's alive. He's not really dead, you know, like the world's teeming over the fact that this has to be Elvis Presley. He looks and sounds and is performing his songs just like him. So there's this sudden surge of repopularity. Elvis is back, you know, that... You know the the mythos Elvis never died; he was just in hiding. It's confirmed he had been hiding. He's back in the height of all this popularity. Adam Warlock shows up. Of course he does. And he goes, Galactus, I've heard. You know what Thanos has done to you. He's like, say what now? I don't know what you're talking about. You know, (laughs) like. (laughs) And he touches him on the forehead, giving him back those memories, saying, "This is what you used to be." So now confronted with these two realities, you know, king, you know, king of rock and roll (laughs) or going back to being this enormous world devourer. You know, Adam says, you know, the choice is yours. Do you want to stay here or do you want to return to what you were? He chooses to stay and be a rock and roller. And it shows him on stage there with a big sign. The king is back, but there's a spotlight on him. And the big spotlight shining behind him shows the shadow of Galactus Uh. on the on the uh, screen, it was just a fun little wow, read. That is wild, <laughs> but uh, if you're into what ifs, just an episode ago, episode 207, candair did our very own what if. Indeed, we did. What if the internet never existed? And that was a lot of fun. Without the World Wide Web. Way- oh, that was poorly worded. We just scratched the surface too. We can I talk can't even about days. It. I Listen a to problem. that!
0: I can't even imagine.
1: Yeah, I wish there was so much more I wish we would have covered, but stuff that didn't come to me in the moment. It
0: could be a 16-part
2: miniseries, and we still sure. wouldn't
1: cover the implications. It really could. It really could. But, um, yeah, you guys should listen to that. We also have a few older episodes, uh, What If Disney Never Existed. That was a fun one. And uh, What If uh, Aliens Had Been Recovered, and it was like public knowledge. How would that change the world? So uh, those are fun conversations. Check them out. And those What If comics are a blast. They really are. I, this, I love them. I this is the first one that I ever seen with a humor element to it. Yeah. But yeah. um, yeah, I love what ifs because just off the wall. You never know what you're gonna get. I just
0: can't. So many of them were like so dismal. Like it was yeah. always like worst case scenario kind of stuff. It really was. It really yeah. was. And then there was I think there's like this other contingent of like what if comic books were like the really cool ideas that like editorial won't let fly in regular continuity. Right. Like. Uh, Punisher gets the Venom symbiote. It's like one of my favorites. Oh, oh, oh man, I, I have never read that on completely unstoppable. <laughs> like, if I may, can't do anything about it, <laughs> so. I'm going to
2: go ahead and call that two great tastes. That, that's yeah, that's this together. guy right
1: here. It's been a long time. That was the right situation. <laughs> what was the other one you had? Uh, the other catchphrase, uh, nickname, in high school, nickname in high school, which yeah. is on a T-shirt on society6.com forward slash candor pod. Go get it right now. Do it. Subliminal message We have
2: no shame, folks None None Our shame is in inverse proportion to our bank accounts No, no, in proportion, regular proportion We are shameless (laughs) Just like we are moneyless I mean, we're doing great If I may, for just one quick second I can't wrap my head around the fact they said Let's make Galactus a human with no powers And somehow that was not enough They had to say and he's Elvis. Yeah. <laughs> so like, you could have
1: stopped halfway and explored that. And I would have been That like, would oh, be a yeah, cool, a cool uh, story in its own. You yeah, know, yeah. not be Elvis, but just to reconcile the world eater mindset with the. But really,
0: what his... could happen? I mean, yeah. he just. I would have liked to have been a fly on the wall for that pitch. <laughs> it's yeah, sick. I mean, it'd be, it's 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 just... like he's not feeling it. Editor's not feeling it. As Galactus is a regular person, but what he's Elvis too? <laughs>
1: it's like now you yeah. got something. He's seen so he, he Found an identity to settle into, and what an identity, yeah. indeed. But anyway, with that behind us, let's just turn our full attention over to Ben and talk about Polybius dreams. I'm excited to talk about this, man. Thank you uh, for sending chapter one our way. That was such... A fun read, I got to tell you. um, Not blowing smoke up your ass, you know. We read a lot of comics here, and Mm -hmm. um, sometimes not not a lot, but sometimes you just gotta, you know, kind of go through the motions, through the paces to get through it. I got lost in this book. Like when I got to the last page, I was like, "Ah, seriously!" (laughs) Like I, it was so much fun and done so well. So, uh, can you first start off by telling the listeners about it?
0: Well, okay, we set out to make this book. Uh, a little over a year ago, but it had been kind of like brewing in my head maybe four years, something like that. It's been going on. A, it's been in my in my mind like a really long time when I first heard the urban legend of the video game Polybius. Uh, and just very quickly, the story is about a game that shows up in the early 80s, Portland, Oregon, uh, that is unmarked. But people become obsessed with it. They start getting migraines, seizures, changes in personality. The game keeps shutting down. They start fighting each other over who's next. And before you know it, there's uh, people having night terrors, and eventually it led to some deaths and some suicides. And then it disappeared. And all the while, there were apparently people from the government servicing the machine and collecting information out of it. Uh, I heard that idea, and I was like, what a great story. Like, it creeped me out. You know, and I was like, look, researching it online and finding all like the creepy pastas and like the urban legend websites, like talking about it and stuff like that. Uh, but it, and that sort of inspired me to like maybe turn that into a character drama, like use that the backdrop of that game to create a psychological horror story that sort of addresses these uh, like a general distrust that people have for new technology and the ongoing like satanic panic anxiety that a lot of parents had about video games when I was growing up. When you guys were growing up, it's kind of always been there, like -hmm. with video games. So we just basically took the bare bones of the urban legend, changed some things around, uh, and uh, created a character drama out of it. So it follows three friends who are new in high school. It's their freshman year in high school. And, you know, like all freshmen, they have problems with the older kids. Uh, there's they're on this precipice of childhood and adulthood and this weird, awkward place, and it's a bad transition for everybody. But they've got the arcade in their town, and it's like they're a refuge. So they can always go there. They're in really good relations. They have a really good relationship with Jimmy and Jamie, who are the two siblings that actually own the arcade and operate it. And uh, that's that's like where where they spend their lives and where they have all their good times. Well, once the game st- shows up, uh, kids become obsessed with playing it. And, like, like just like the urban legend, they become more violent. There's fights that are breaking out. And this, like, neat ecosystem of the town just starts to, sh- like, the cracks start forming in it as kids begin to die. Like, every death has ripples throughout the town. And it only, like, really the bulk of the story happens only in the span of a couple of days. It just really shows... I wanted to show... I wanted to do two things mostly with the story. I wanted to create a horror story where the deaths were, um, like, monumental and devastating for the reader. Because a lot of horror stories, like we were talking about with slasher movies, like, you're just like, yeah, whatever, I'm glad they're killed or whatever. Like, I wanted to do something that really had, uh, that really showed the social impact that adolescent death and adolescent suicide can have on a community. And, um, but but also show how, like, these uh, communities... Uh, How easily they can kind of fall apart. Right. So, what we created is a a slow burn character study psychodrama. Um, And I think it's like it's absolutely beautiful. I've written a few comics at this point. Uh, This is the first time I've worked with a professional art team. And man, they are really just doing a good job. So, shout out to my art team.
1: Uh, Keith uh, yeah, I have to agree with you there. Those are yeah. uh, some beautiful illustrations.
0: I knew Keith, uh, who's the uh, he's the digital artist, uh, all the line work. He um, and I knew Keith just from doing some shows, and I knew that he would uh, draw the kids right and get you know adolescents draw kids like properly. And I knew he would put he would do the necessary work that we needed with like their expressions and their faces to get the emotion across that we needed. So this felt like a good fit for him, and it's it's absolutely paid off. And then um, after that, after he had been on for a little while, I just found a a colorist online. His name is Esther Salguero. She's working out of Spain. And she just like, uh, I really can't say enough good things about what she's done for the book, because there's uh, a lot of mood and a lot of the thematic aspects of the book really come out in her colors. So she's actually added to the narrative, uh, like, at that point, just in terms of establishing mood and the, the motif that we have um, when we show, like, the dream sequences and the, quote-unquote, forest of the dead that the kids start visiting in their dreams. It's uh, It's been a trip. It's been a lot of fun to work on.
1: This has been... Uh... This is just a such a cool book, and one thing that you said a little while ago that uh, really resonated was uh, impactful, having impactful deaths. Uh, no. and, you know, touching back again on those horror movies, like you said. Much. As soon as you see all those kids on screen for the first time, for the most part, after they say a few words, you can sit there and point out, dead, 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 yeah. you two will make it. You're not You're saying, dead. oh, I hope they live. You're saying, I wonder which one will be the right. sole survivor. You know? Now, if you jump over to like a show, for instance, like Breaking Bad, talk about some impactful deaths. I mean, nobody was safe in mm-hmm. that show, and it was that that... When I think back, you know, what was the most impactful experience to me was like when uh, certain characters in that show died. Right. Uh, one in particular. Have you watched it all yes. yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't want to ruin it for people. But uh, when the character means something to you, yeah, it just it does strike you. as just reg- like you were saying earlier. Oh, I'm glad that loud mouth got killed. <laughs> yeah. But um, mm-hmm. and I think you are on the right road to doing that because. uh I bonded with these kids that in this story uh, pretty quickly, and I felt the bond between them. I felt a very much in the same aspect of uh, like the kids in It or Goonies or Stranger mm-hmm. Things, that kind of a, you know, kids that, you know, deep down love each other, would do anything for each other, about to find themselves in a cool situation. And
2: so God, it, it kind of has to be kids, though, doesn't it? Yeah. That yeah. kind of devotion. It just wouldn't yeah. hit you. You'd be like, oh, they're a group of good friends. Like, oh, I don't know. And then one, of, two of them get drunk and they sleep with each other. And then the group disbands because it's awkward now. It's like when you're an adult, the world is too petty and complicated. When you're a child, the only thing that matters is right in front of you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's your friends, your family, your stuff,
1: you know. Now, yeah. with Polybius' uh, dreams, is this... Like a uh, urban legend, like in the same way that like uh, Candle Cove was, for example, mm-hmm. like like nothing ever like happened to Spurs, just kind of people making up shit and passing it back and forth. I mean, how did this, you guys have any idea how this urban legend came to be?
0: Uh, what it sounds like is a series of separate incidents that when taken, if you thought for a second that it was all the same game that they happened with would be very creepy. Uh, but there were a lot of things that happened in the early days of gaming. Uh, there were absolutely people that took it too far and became obsessed with them, for sure. There were kids that, there were a couple of different kids that died uh, playing uh, video games because they had heart conditions and we just didn't know about that uh, kind of relationship. It was, it was so new. So people were having seizures. Uh, so there, there, there's a lot of separate things that could happen. Um, however, there's still this like question out there of whether or not the game exists, and you know some of it's conspiracy theories, some of it's like uh, just like folklore, kind of internet folklore like we have now. Um, and the game actually kind of became I like I like to call it the first creepypasta. It's sort of the first like creepy story that you would find on the internet that people would add to and uh, take from and make it their own. Uh, which has been a lot of fun, like especially when I'm pitching the story, like at conventions and I'm talking to people face to face. A lot of people just respond by telling me the story, so it, it's fun because I'll be like, "You've heard of this before," and then I'll prompt them to like tell me their version. So it's almost like they're pitching me. <laughs> it's <laughs> an like absolute
2: you're crowdsourcing class. it a little bit there.
0: Yeah, a little bit. Well, it's that kind of story, like it's an urban <laughs> legend story, and you know, part of the strength of Polybius Streams is that I didn't want to over-explain it. I didn't wanna to focus too much on the game. I didn't wanna get into where it comes from or what it's actually doing, although I do hint at that. Um, I wanted to make it about the characters. I wanted to make it about the town, and I wanna tell um, a personal story. And like you guys said, it's like they're, they're bonded in that way that you see uh, like when, in these other medias and very much what the story is. This is a tragedy, you know, <laughs> in a very real sense, and very much what the story uh, is about is how they pull apart from each other. Um, So the game is, like, this catalyst to adulthood in a way. Like, suddenly they have to deal with all these, like, difficult things and deaths in their community and uh, violence and uh, deteriorating relationships with their parents. And it all sort of centers around this game. That's the horror element. You took the game out there, it would just be, like, an
1: interesting drama, you know? I'm so excited to read Chapter 2. I mean, you've, you've got me hooked, man. Good. And And I love (laughs) this story. Good.
0: (laughs) No, I'm glad. I'm really glad that you liked it. And um, yeah, we're trying to get chapter two funded right now. Uh, We don't have a massive social media reach. So it's been, I mean, it's been uh, sort of tense, at least for me, but I tend to get tense very easily at these things. So we're still trying to get it funded. Um, But the response has absolutely been fantastic. Um, And I couldn't be more proud of this book. Like, I think it's just, it looks, it's way better than I could have hoped.
2: Well, we live in this kind of, like, weird golden age of just, like, homebrewed horror universe. You know, all this amateur writing and world-building and kind of a strange collective storytelling with people contributing, whether they know or not. It's cool to see that bleeding over into comics, movies, etc.
0: Yeah. And especially, like, with Polybius right now, there's a really good podcast that just started called The Polybius Conspiracy, which maybe your listeners can check out, but... Um After well, Kanda, were, of course <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, if you're into podcasts, which I don't know, I can if you're take a podcast or, or you're listening to this but um, they um, the creators of that were like they they backed us uh, like the first time around and they've been very supportive of that. Um, and there's also been an episode of the Hulu show Dimension 404, which premiered when we were like, uh, when we were like three weeks into our new cam- our first campaign, this episode came out about Polybius. And we're just like, wow, that's that's pretty weird, you know. <laughs> and even before that, like we started this uh, in like July, and then that August, I think Stranger Things came out, or like near the end of it. And I was like, oh wow, what's going on? Like all these things in the zeitgeist that sort of had this sort sort of similar right. vibe, like just kind of all popped at once. So I feel like as a writer, like, that's a good sign because, like, I'm on some kind of some wavelength.
1: Yeah. And striking while the iron's hot, too, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, while this stuff's, you know, Interest making its resurgence and, uh, you know, peaking in popularity, you're only going to reap the benefits, good timing. Yeah. <laughs> I hope so. That's the goal. Uh,
0: and, I mean, in, in the original, I was a little concerned. When we started doing this and we started talking about this, I was like, well, we don't really have a ton of notoriety. We don't have this massive uh, internet presence like a lot of other people who turn to Kickstarter do. And this is kind of like, it's a slow burn, horror, horror drama. I don't really know. And it's, I mean, we got the nostalgia thing working for it, but the legend is pretty obscure. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if we should do it. Let's go ahead and move forward with it anyway and see what happens. And then now, after all this other stuff happened, it like it feels like the time is now. Like, it feels like... I don't feel like it's obscure any longer.
1: Well, very cool, man. This has been a a hell of a lot of fun. And again, just in love with this project. Uh, This has been a well-rounded episode yeah, with the yeah. theme of pretty much everything. Nice and coherent. Except for my what if. It kind well, of it was the hey, stone in the past, <laughs> but don't worry about it. Whatever man. there, you know, it's still still a don't great cry. episode altogether all right. here and a great <laughs> comic. Uh, running till November 11th. I'm not crying. Yeah. Come on.
2: Sorry. Please
0: continue.
1: It's very easy. You can go
0: to com and find it. It's P-O-L-Y-B-I-U-S dreams.
1: And we're thanks going so to make much. it even easier for people by putting links on the website we and on our social media uh, to helping direct people that way. Now uh, you had mentioned uh, social media. Do you have a Twitter handle?
0: I do at Ben Grisanti, B E N G R I S A N T I.
1: Cool. Cool. And uh, another place for people to check you out. So Ben, thanks so much for being on the show with us today. Thanks. It's been great. This has been a lot of fun. And best of luck to you though. With 25 days out, you look like you're, uh, you know, almost there. So, uh, Congrats! I should guess I should be yeah. saying
0: <laughs> preemptive. Uh, thanks. I mean I don't want to count all our chickens yet, but ah, right.
1: go ahead. We'll count them em for you. It's know. gonna be <laughs> tense until
0: we get it we get it done.
1: Well, they so, say uh, the yeah. surges come at the beginning and at the very end of yeah, campaign. Yeah. So right, exactly. That you is can make hell. it through. Like,
0: the... So we managed to like raise a lot. Like we were at like forty percent, almost forty-five our first day. So that's pretty good. You know,
1: you got this. You definitely got this. So <laughs> thanks so much, Ben thanks guys. Jake, what do we have on the website?
2: We have a special guest page where you can see some of our most esteemed interviews. We've got a contacts page where if you'd like to reach us to promote your work, talk about what you do or just hang out with three cool dudes who like to play with toys still. feel free to use our contacts page. links to our social media Instagram, CandaairPod, I'm sorry, Twitter at Candairpod, Instagram at canned underscore air important distinction, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, be sure to check out our YouTube page for lots of fun goodies, as well as our merch at society6.com forward slash canned air. Uh, use promo code canned air, lowercase no space, at checkout if you're buying Wizard World Convention tickets. And by God, watch jellies on Adult Swim. When it comes out, hit me with that
1: date one more time. Jeremy. Oh, 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 I threw the card. I threw the card. October 22nd at 12.15 a.m. Boom. I David Letterman this card the second I was done with it. I just, like, <laughs> just flung up. it across the room. And it's gone. <laughs> of the cat. Um, and for the uh, final week uh, We are going out on another star set song Called Monster Fitting title right that was my nickname in high school after all Oh, was it? On Indeed. a T-shirt at Society6.com forward slash pod <laughs> Wear Jake's motto on your chest. Come on, people. You know you want to. But again, this is the last week of uh, Starset's residency with us. So once again, the title of the song we're going out on is Monster. We hope you enjoy it. And check them out on iTunes and at StarSetOnline.com. But I think that's going to do it for this week. So until next time, I am Jeremy Colley. I'm Jake Runyon. I am Ben Grizzanti. Thanks for listening, everyone.
2: where he keeps the good stuff. You don't need
1: drugs to get high. Doc! You just need the canned podcast. That's good <laughs> advice. Now we know. And no one is half the battle. Just one question. What are you doing outside the window? Ha <laughs> ha! Tell your mama to call me. G.I. Joe. Alright, get this
2: There's a television station On, I don't know, cable Who who cares Women's Entertainment Television And uh, The abbreviation Women's Entertainment Television W-E-T-V For Christ's sake Wet V (laughs) I, I just can't believe That nobody picked up on that Throughout all the years, all the planning, <laughs> the execution, the subsequent airtime. So you you saw that? I you saw, didn't
1: read that somewhere? I saw you that saw
2: immediately. That. The first time I encountered the channel, I was like, good Christ.
1: <laughs> There's no wow. way. Wow. <sighs> yeah, it's funny how that eludes someone. Yeah. I mean, it eluded me. I've seen that before, but I've never that never put that together. That just shows whatever was on Wet V that you were watching was so fucking boring that you just stared at the logo dissecting it. It was like commercials or something. I'm flipping through the channels. I have never sat down to watch
2: Wet V. Let me rephrase that. I've never sat down to watch women's entertainment television.
1: (laughs) Good recovery there. Thank you. (laughs)